Well, amen. It's Resurrection Sunday. Somebody said uh, Friday is here, but Sunday is the coming. And that's the reason why we worship on Sunday. Why? It could be Saturday. But Sunday is the day when we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, like what our brother read earlier, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 17. If Christ never rose again from the dead, guys, people, let's go home. I'm ready to go home. I don't want to stick around here just listening to a bunch of lies about a person who claimed that after three days he would rise again from the grave. But he rose again from the grave. We know that. As a matter of fact, there was a discussion between two guys. One was between a Muslim and a Christian. And I read this story, and they were debating about each other. He says, you know what? I don't know about you bunch of Christians. You know, for us, we go to Mecca. And right there, when we celebrate the, here, we see this place where Muhammad is. You guys, what do you celebrate? When you go back to where you are, you don't have a place to celebrate. You don't have this memorial. And this is what the guy says. That is exactly where the difference is. Most founders claim who they are. There is always going to be a memorial where you find the dead body, whether it's Stalin, whether it's Mao Zedong, whether it's Jose Rizal in the Philippines. You find a dead person there encased. But for Christ, he's not there. That's why that empty shell is a great illustration that there's no place for us to find the dead body of Christ. That's the only thing they could have done, and therefore our faith would have been in vain. But it's not. It's real. And so what I want to share with you this morning are things that should make us realize how important the Christian faith is all about in terms of the resurrection. You see, if you notice here, the soldiers were given a bribe. Remember that? To keep their mouth shut because they realized that Jesus Christ would be a threat. If he came back, wow, think about this. If I was the guy who was killed and I rose again from the grave, I'm going to sue you guys. You false me, accuse me, you kill me, I am going to get a big lump of summer money because guess what? You have accused a guy who is innocent. That could have created a lot of trouble. And they were afraid because trouble may be spelled out because of Christ's resurrection. And that's why they made sure that they were hushed. Well, what difference would it make to, for you to, and me today if Christ rose again from the grave? Will it make a difference? As a matter of fact, even today, there are people who believe in that. There are also people who are still filled with unbelief. And some of you may be sitting down and saying, is this Christ really real? There may be unbelief there. There can also be some of you here would probably would say, you know what? <laughs> That's a bunch of nonsense. That's a bunch of theory. That's a myth. And you still believe in that? And they will be mocking you right now because of your faith in Christ. Some would be doubting, like the doubting Thomas. Some of them may be curious. Let me check it out. Is it really real, these Christian guys are talking about? Let me check it out. And maybe that is about who you are today. You may be believing, unbelief, mockery, doubt. I don't know where you are. But somewhere along the line, you are in one of those stages. And so today, does it really make sense to you that Christ is alive? Is it a great deal for you? Or is it just like one of those things that just come and go? And this morning, I want to share with you why I believe in the integrity of the resurrection. You see, there are, very, there are some popular arguments about the resurrection. You've heard about this. Let me name a few theories that people use. First of all, you call the swoon theory. You know what swoon means? In the right? it means like he just kind of lost the energy, right? In other words, he never died. He just swooned. 
He lost so much blood, and therefore, he never died. Now, folks, if you were on the cross, and somebody thrust the spear on your side, you were bound, they feel like, well, you know what, when he was put on that tomb, the cool air resuscitated him. And so he never died. He just swooned. Let me ask you, show me somebody who's been to what Christ did. If you were not, if you were not killed on that cross, you know what's going to kill you? They wrap you up. 70 pounds, right? How could you breathe? You would be wrapped. And what happens? You get out of that, you kind of squiggle around, right? Just to make sure you're alive. And then you kind of wrap the whole thing and put it there. And then you kind of smile and say, guys, and I, have to, and I have to walk how many miles? With nailed, pierced foot and hand, and show to his disciples, says, I'm alive. That doesn't hold, folks. This one theory doesn't even hold. The second theory is what you call the disciples stole the body. Scripture talks about that. Now, would you believe in that? You have to understand, there was this big Roman seal right in front. Have you been to this uh, crime scene where they wrap it out in yellow? Or if you go to a place where they lock a door and put a padlock and they put a seal, no one dare breaks that seal. If you break that seal, who are you going to go against? The greatest empire that ever lived, the Roman Empire. So am I going to steal the body of somebody who claims to rise again from the grave? If I steal that body, I don't think I will do that. And so stealing the body of the Lord Jesus Christ will not be something you can even accept. Now let me give you one more example here. If you were a soldier, your life for my life. If you escape, I will pay for my life with your life. They realized that Christ claimed that. And so what did they do? They put a, a number of soldiers there. According to studies, a Roman soldier can guard a certain number of feet and you can't even break that, that cordon there. They hit it around. And they never made sure that you don't sleep on your watch. If you're found sleeping, that's it. And so why would I go steal the body against this Roman Empire? They knew that this guy is going to claim he would rise again. How would they do that? Eleven disciples? Where were they? Oh, they were scared. They went all over the place. So that theory doesn't, doesn't fall. You got it? Oh, here's, an, here's another popular theory. You know what they said? They put Christ in the wrong tomb. Have you ever heard about that? In other words, you know, actually when they visited Christ, it was not the real tomb because it was so dark, so maybe they went to the wrong tomb. Really? So, the soldiers were guarding the wrong tomb? Right? Joseph Maritima knew exactly where that, that tomb is, and the ladies would come to the wrong tomb? They knew where he was laid before that. And so that theory would be hard to believe. And they also put the seal on the wrong tomb. It doesn't hold weight, folks. And therefore, there's another, another theory. You know what is it? Hallucination theory. Like, you know, when you really want to see somebody, you feel like that person might be alive. So you feel like all these people were just hallucinating. Oh, you know what? I think I see somebody. You remember when somebody usually dies in your family? Sometimes people all of a sudden feel like they see something. I think that Pakita siya. This person kind of showed up. You know, it moved. Ah, he's here, right? It's almost like that because you're expecting, feel like it's a hallucination theory. 
Folks, if it was a hallucination theory, there were more than 500 witnesses. The women. Somebody even calculated if you put them together, it would be 129 hours. If you examine a witness for 15 minutes, if you were examined, in other words, you were a witness, you saw me live, I'm going to ask you. I'm out in view for 15 minutes. It will take you 129 hours, according to one author. Boy, that's a lot of witness. For us today, probably it's going to take this probably two witnesses. Am I correct? When somebody happens, you only need... Two witnesses. There were more than 500 witnesses. So this hallucination theory doesn't even hold. So what is the only thing we can say today? Jesus is alive. Amen? amen. Say amen. amen. If you're not saying amen, you believe in one of these theories over here, right? And so what is the promise that goes with the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ? First Corinthians chapter 15 verse 17 says, this is what it says. If Christ has not been risen, then your faith is useless. And you are still what? Under the condemnation of your sins. In other words, we will still be in sin. But the fact that Christ paid the penance for the cross for our sins and my, your sins and mine, and he rose again, he says, you know what? My promise is real. Your sins are forgiven. I paid for it, and I can vouch for that. Thank God. His resurrection promises us forgiveness. You and I are already forgiven today. Remember when he was on the cross? He said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. He already had that plan to forgive your sins and mine by paying the ultimate price. He's dead on the cross. It brings us to the second promise. The second promise tells us of his eternal life. What is so important about this? Death is no respect of a person. Am I correct? Let me ask you, how many of you are so sure that you'll be alive next Sunday? 100%. Oh, okay. I'm, not, I'm putting my hand down too. I cannot guarantee that I'll be alive next Sunday. And let me ask you, when somebody dies, can you say, well, you know what? It's not yet my time. Please, go away. Well, I heard a story. There was a guy who was uh, visited by the big uh, reaper. Remember the guy with the, he called it Kamatayan, right? It's just, it's just a story, right? He comes to him, knocking the door, says, <laughs> it is your turn. The guy said, please, I don't still want to go. Can I make a deal? What deal? He said, next time when you come, just give me some signs that you're coming. Really? What did I get for that? My life. Okay, I'm going to come back. I'm going to give you some signs. Later on, he comes back. Ho, 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 ho. He said, whoa, whoa, wait, wait, wait a minute. I said you're going to give me some signs. Oh, I sent you a lot of signs. Like what? Remember that you're starting to feel the pain around you there? You're getting old? I sent you that sign. Okay. Well, well, I, I need more signs. <laughs> Remember that here? Starting to turn gray? I gave you some signs. <laughs> Yeah, but, but I told you, give me more some signs. Ah, remember those teeth? A few more left? I gave you some signs. He said, this is not fair. You're supposed to give me some signs. I sent you, I sent you so many signs, but you wouldn't listen. 
it's time to go. Folks, let me ask you. You know, that may be a joke, but you know what? Death can come to a little child. Am I correct? That can come to a teenager. All of these teenagers think they're going to live forever. They are not of. Listen, death is no respecter of person. And even here, it proves to us that in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, it is appointed for men to die, and afterward comes what? Folks, you and I are going to be facing death one of these days. Whether you like it or not, when you come to those cemeteries, there are two dates. You all have the first date, and the second date is coming one of these days. All right? Whether you expect or not. And we need to be ready. In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, it says, Death is the destiny of every person, all of us. And we need to be ready for that. But the Lord Jesus Christ dealt with the destiny of that. He says, death, in 1 Corinthians 15, where is your sting? He said, all right, death, all right, you've dealt with me? Here, look at me, 1 Corinthians 15, I am alive. So where is the sting of your death? Christ proved, proved to us once and for all that you and I can have that same assurance. In John tells us, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he dies, what happens? He shall live again. That was the promise of the Lord Jesus Christ, and therefore I need to hold on to that promise of eternal life. If Christ never rose again from the grave, therefore our faith is in vain. What else will I be looking forward? If my Savior claimed that, couldn't do it himself. My faith is in vain. But the fact that the tomb is empty, thank God. God has assured me of eternal life. So let me ask you. You come to the a fork road. Alright? There are two roads. One guy here, lying, is dead. One guy over here is alive. And they're telling you where to go. Where would you go? If you are bright enough, I would take the one that says, come this road. But sometimes today people still make choice of this thing that is so temporary. Feeling that this is more important than the person says, I am alive. Folks, I'd rather put my faith in Christ who is alive. Amen? Amen. Than all these empty promises that the world gives us today. And the Lord brings us to the third point. It is the promise of a personal relationship with us. When the Lord rose again from the grave, He gave us someone who will be with us for the rest of our lives, who will live in us. And that is who? The Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that will allow us to realize that it's really real. It's the Holy Spirit that will convince us that Christ is alive. It's the Holy Spirit that binds us together. It's the Holy Spirit that says, from now on, I'm going to be with everyone here. And, and this is a promise that Christ gave that I have to go back to the Father so that I can give the Holy Spirit to be with us. You know why you know Christ is real? Somebody says, as the song says, He lives within my heart. That is the seal that the Holy Spirit puts in us that nobody can take away from us. If you don't have that kind of assurance from the Holy Spirit, you will never have that for the rest of your life. But if you believe you have accepted Christ, His Holy Spirit will make sure that our spirits communicate with Him and assures us that we are made His child, not only for today, but forever. What else? There was a lot of evidence of the changed life. The moment they came to know the Lord Jesus Christ, His disciples changed. As a matter of fact, they are even willing to pay the price for standing for Christ. Remember Peter? Peter was crucified. 
Before that, he ran away from the Lord. He denied the Lord. But after the resurrection, what was he doing? He was running to the tomb. He was one of the first persons to deny the Lord, but this time he ran to the tomb. What about Paul? You know what happened to Paul? He was a changed man, but according to tradition, he was decapitated. More lives are being changed today because of the power of the Holy Spirit and the gospel. However, let me make this statement so clear here today. Many religions today, many claim the conversion experience. Can I, can I share it again? Jehovah's Witnesses come to my door. Mormons come and knock my door. They talk about a changed life. So when you say, oh, I also have the changed life, what makes you different from them? As a matter of fact, they're the ones knocking on my door. Well, once in a while, some Baptists would knock. Once in a while, all right? But Jehovah's Witness says every week. As a matter of fact, yesterday, there was another one. And you know what was so amazing from this? They were Filipinos. They, they, they took note of that that they came back last time. Maybe they talked to my wife. They couldn't convince my wife. They couldn't convince the minister this time, right? They came back. And so I've met them for the first time because I'm, I'm usually not there. We had a good conversation. After I said, now, lady, one was an older lady and a younger one, said, let me make it clear. I already know where I stand. I know that my Savior died and he rose again. And he's alive. Now, if you want to convince me, I'm going to make a deal with you. If you share with me for one hour, I will share with you for one hour. Now, you have to understand, I have to divulge, I am a minister. Oh, it's okay, right? It's all right. I said, yeah, well, I'm just saying, it's okay. But I'm saying, thank God that you're willing to do that. I, I, I appreciate your method. I didn't say I, I, I agree with their message, right? We can learn from you. But I said, I know that my Redeemer leaves. And so they had to leave. But they also talk about the changed life. So what is the difference when everybody claims about the changed life? The only difference is this, folks. We claim that we have the resurrected Christ. All the other religions will talk about change. They may change a little bit from the outside or from within. But we have God who lives in us through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the Holy Spirit. As a matter of fact, I would say it is the greatest comeback. It is the greatest comeback of Holy Week. In other words, people tried to do, do something with an innocent person. They did something with somebody who was, was speak, speaking the truth. They did something with him. It was the great push down. But the resurrection is a great comeback. There are many comebacks according to a, a, an issue that came. They said uh, it were like teams that came back. It were uh, like people, like uh, presidents who, who spoke. But they said the greatest comeback in all history is who? Number one, it's Jesus Christ. Let me ask you folks, do you believe in that greatest comeback? Do you really believe that Jesus Christ is real? Do you believe that he died for your sins, he was buried and he rose again? Do you believe that one of these days is coming back for you and for me, that you and I might have hope? Can you truly say John chapter 11, verse 25, 26? I believe, Lord, that you died and you rose again, and the same way that if I die, I will rise again. Do you believe in that? If you don't, you're most to be pitied of all because your faith is not on the resurrected Christ. And so this morning, as I close, here's my challenge. I'm just asking you today, where do you put your faith on? Do you, faith, do you put your faith on those theories that tell us that Christ is not really real? 
Do you put your faith in your own intellectual understanding that you say this doesn't make sense? Or do you put your faith in the fact that there is such an empty tomb and there's so many witnesses and the word of God says that Jesus Christ is real and that there are many testimonies today that he lives within my heart. If you would turn to the person next to you, I wonder whether they will tell you that Jesus Christ is real. Christians, when somebody asks you, is Jesus Christ really real? What will you tell them? Can you truly say from your heart that Jesus Christ is alive and is real within my life? I know that my Redeemer lives. Paul says, But I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep everything that I have committed to him, my life, my future, my decision, until that coming day. One of these days, the Lord Jesus Christ is coming back. He's going to come back no longer as Savior, but the reigning King as Judge. Are you willing to say, Lord, you are my Savior, or will he come back here to condemn, you, to condemn me because we rejected him? That is your choice. And so as we close this morning, I want to make sure that you come to know the Savior that I'm talking about. A Savior promise that he gives us eternal life, not only for today, but for all eternity. I pray that you come to know our Savior, the Lord. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Well, every head's bowed and every eyes are closed. I want to be really upfront with you this morning. There is one area that many people today are fearful about. And that simple word is the word death. The Lord Jesus Christ has overcome death. If you're not so sure tonight, this morning, that if you were to die today, that you know where you are going. Would you please settle that issue once and for all? Because you're not very so sure that when you step out from this place, I'm not here to, to scare you, but you're not so sure that when you leave this place, you will still be alive by the next week. But if you're not so sure where you're going, would you please make a simple step today to receive what God is offering us? When he said, I am the resurrection and the life, he who believes in me shall live even if he dies. And everyone who believes and believes in me shall never die. You, all you need to do this morning is to follow me in a very simple prayer that goes like this. God, I thank you that you died on the cross for my sins. You paid the ultimate price for our lives and our sin by dying for me and for us. Not because I deserve this, but because you love me. And I want to say thank you. Come in, dear Lord, and cleanse me and forgive me, Lord. And this morning, I put my faith and trust in you alone. Come into my life as my Savior. Come into my life as my Lord to take full control of my life. Come in as my friend to be with me for the rest of my life. Thank you, Lord. And from now on, my desire is to live for you. If you pray that prayer... This Resurrection Sunday, you've heard the gospel so clearly that Christ died, he was buried, and he rose again. If you pray that prayer that even this morning you can be assured you have eternal life, that if you die, you will live again because Christ lived as well, and you're now identified with him. Christians, if you're this morning and you know you've accepted the Lord, the question that's being raised today, how are you living your life for the Lord? Are you living in such a manner that when people look at you, they see the change in your life? When they look at your life, they say, there must be something that has happened with you. With you. And can you truly say, it's because of Jesus. 
He touched my life. He forgave me. And he has given me the resurrection power in me that I can live my life today. Not on my own strength, but because of God's strength. And some of you are not victorious this morning. You can surrender your life once again. Say, Lord, I surrender my life totally under your control. Forgive me if I've done things my own way. And this morning, I dedicate my life to you once again. And I claim the resurrected power of Christ in my life. And may people see the difference, Lord. That I'm willing to live and die for my Savior. Because he did that greatest example for me as well. Lord, bless this church. Bless every decision that is made. Bless also the Father the fact that even this morning, that as we surrender our lives to you once again, God, we know we're doing this so that we can honor you. That when you come back, you can say to all of us, well done, my good and faithful servant. Thank you, Lord. And we look forward to your return. And all God's people say, Amen. 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 We'll sing a song this morning.